It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. No Spears, plenty of sports. Welcome in January 31st, 2024. Spears on Sports. Spears is out. Still around sports, but not around sports on radio today. So TJ Walker filling in and John Spears, loyal producer, Justin Kalen here as well. It's all it's been marathons of days for Scoots. We're appreciative to have him. Got to talk with you for two hours this morning. How have you been the last three hours that I haven't gotten to to be with you or uh, around you? Very sleepy. I uh so as you mentioned, I just produce everything. So that includes the Rutherford show. So I had turned on the Louisville game from last night. I had it recorded. I, I feel like I need to watch it so I can add my input this afternoon. Man, that thing made me tired. That's whew, It was rough. So I'm still trying to wake up. I did go to Thornton's, get me a, a refreshing fountain soda. So I am, uh, yeah, I'll shake mine as well. Oh, so yeah. Shake it, baby. I, I'm feeling better now. Well, good. Good. Well, yeah, you had to watch the UVL game. What was your takeaways? Uh, so I only watched the first half. I'm going to do the second half after after this show. So Riveting stuff? I don't really have many takeaways as of yet, but Louisville stinks. <laughs> Breaking news here on Spears on Sports. L, not a good basketball team. A lot of L fans have already, and understandably, so turned their attention to the impending coaching search. Seems like the three big names you hear the most are uh, the Muspus down at Arkansas, Eric Musselman, Jerome Tang at Kansas State, Chris Beard at Ole Miss. Although with the season he's having this year, maybe U of L would be wise to consider Lamont Paris scoots. Yeah, that that yeah, sure. They Although get, he's not going to leave. They get mentioned with a lot of coaches in the SEC, but maybe you don't. Why wouldn't he leave? What, what, you think he would? You South think he leaves South for Carolina? Yeah. I mean, why? But you think Chris Beard would leave Ole Miss for you? No. No. No, I don't. Do you think Eric Musselman would leave yes. Arkansas? Yes. Okay. I've got to. I've got to take a step back and wonder why you think all this stuff. Why? Why would a coach be more compelled to stay at USC or Ole Miss than they would at Arkansas? No, I don't know about Lamont Paris. I, I don't know what he would do. That's why I was questioning you about it. I don't know. With the whole beard thing, I just feel like he just got there, and he's got a pretty good thing rolling. I don't. I just don't know if he would take the chance and leave this early. But why would Muscleman go? Um, You've seen some scuttlebutt online the last couple of days in regards to some situations going on down there in Arkansas. We can keep it at that, but I just I feel like, yeah, he's he's probably looking for an out at this point. If you didn't. If you haven't seen, there's there are some wild rumors floating around about the Arkansas basketball program, although not directly tied to Eric Musselman with those specific rumors. But there's other rumors out there. there there's a bunch. There's a lot of stuff going on with Arkansas right now, including L. Ellis has told his old U of L teammates that Musselman's planning to come to U of L later this year, which I that that one I can't get behind. Like Eric Musselman's like, hey L, after practice. <laughs> Stick Get around, up all your buddies. I, I, I got to talk to you. <laughs> so, like, what's 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 Louisville like? Where'd you where'd you live? What part of town should I should I consider your favorite food stops, Coach? Why are you asking me all this about Louisville? No reason, no reason. Don't worry about. It. Just curious, just curious. So I have a hard time believing that one. But 
there there is definitely some momentum that may, he may be wanting to to get out of Arkansas. And again, this season has been a disaster for him. You live by the transfer portal. You'll die by the transfer portal. Well, and they had some flirtations a few years ago, right? When they hired Kenny Payne, wasn't Musselman in on that conversation? You know, I don't know if he was or wasn't. I, I don't really remember him being in the thick of it. I remember Bruce Pearl used that whole ordeal to get a raise out of Auburn relatively quickly, but I don't know if Musselman was or wasn't. And the reason why I, I like this isn't like things have been stale at Arkansas for a few years, and this may just be a good time to part ways. He has been out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament every year he's been at Arkansas. He's been to the NCAA tournament every year he's been a head coach, with the exception of his first at Nevada where they won the CBI. This is his first real big hiccup. Last year's regular season was underwhelming, but you had a nice you had a run to the Sweet 16. The year before that, good regular season, run to the Elite Eight. So this isn't like he's got to get out of Dodge and just try something new or try something fresh. Maybe he's just somebody that that there's coaches like that. You, you get them in sports from time to time. Uh, Buzz Williams is one. Where they just they aren't going to hang they're not going to be a lifer somewhere. Yeah, they're just going to because there is something to leaving. You get to a new fan base, they're all excited about you. It's it's new energy. It's you kind of feel revitalized. Some of these coaches do. Well, and it's a new challenge for you as a head coach, and you get a bit of a longer leash. Yeah. You get people are going to be a little bit more patient with you. So maybe Musselman ends up being somebody like that. Hey, I've did. Five years at Arkansas, it was great. We had a lot of fun. Now I'm ready for for my next challenge. If that's the reason and rationale, possibly. But Arkansas is a much better job in the SEC scoots than USC and Ole Miss. Arkansas is probably the second best job in the SEC. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So just when I heard you were like, no, no, he would stay at USC and he'd stay at Ole Miss, but maybe, maybe he, and I know you didn't say that about Lamont Paris, but uh, but I, I would think that Arkansas, assuming... They want Musselman. They would have a good chance to be able to keep him. Interesting enough, our buddy Ty Spalding, who covers U of L for Rivals.com, he was hinting at Arkansas wouldn't care to to lose Musselman, which would be shocking to me, Scoots, because Arkansas very very good in the '90s, and then they went all Indiana basketball up until Musselman took back the program. Yeah. I don't think they made it out of the first weekend from for almost 30 years. For almost 30 years, they didn't make it out of the first weekend until Musselman arrived. It was like 25 years or something. So, Did you, did you have to take the unnecessary shot had at to, Indiana? Had to. Had to get that <laughs> in. Just uh, got a big win last night, though. We talked about yeah. it this morning. I won a big bet off of it, which made me excited. You can text on into the Thornton's text line. Like Scoot said, we went earlier today, both of us, to Thornton's, not at the same time. I did text Scoots to see if he needed anything from Thornton's. I missed your text message to me if I needed anything from Thornton's. Oh, well, this was at 9 o'clock this morning when you were out doing your eh, you normal know, job. You know Thornton's. That's that's all right. <laughs> they were very low on the lunch sandwiches. I saw like two people in front of me take one, and there was only a couple left. So those are popping right now. It was nice being able to save money at the pump. I had to fill up. Uh, five cents off today. Sometimes I'll get the 10 or the 15 or the 25% off every so often. Five cents today. I'll take it. Not complaining. And then 89 cents, 32-ounce soft drink, and you can text on in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The Eminem Carnage Hotline, 502-384-1450. We don't take calls on Kentucky Roll Call in the morning. 
from 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. But John Spears does. So if you want to call on in to the MNN Carnage <laughs> Hotline, you can tell I'm not used to doing that read. It's all right, though. Nailed it. 502-384-1450. Speaking of M&Ms, did they um, have the dollar candy when you went into the Thornton store? They, they did, but not really any of the candy. Like, Skittles is the only thing that oh, I... Oh, all the good stuff had been taken? Well, you and I may not see eye to eye. I got, me a, I got me a Snickers almond bar. Uh, they had some Snickers or Butterfingers. I don't know which ones, but I'm not... I think Snickers. I'm not a huge Snickers guy. Got it. They had Skittles. That was the only thing that I was big on there. I decided to pass. She kind of gave me a hard time for passing. She was like, just a dollar. I bet you have a kid at home. I was like, hey, leave me alone, lady. She was being nice. She was like, change your mind. You know where we'll be. Everybody at Thornton's super, super nice. And, yeah, they're giving away dollar candy, at least on the one on Taylorsville. Scoots, you can just say. We got- oh, we got David. Yeah. All right. Hey, David, what's up, buddy? Yeah, just uh, wanted to talk to you. I know that uh, this uh, University of Louisville basketball season's been really something this year, and I guess it really, really, I guess you could go back really to everything really started the Chris Mack, even when Chris Mack was here. I mean, even there were some games that you lost and you thought, why? You know, when they, like, when Chris Mack was, was at U of L, I mean, they were, they were go- humming along and having some great things going, winning, peaking at a certain part of the season and then they would they would let down usually around february and and in, into march and still really really had to wonder you know what what's going on with the program i mean i don't think it's just all kenny Payne. it had to start when chris mack was at uofl too would you agree not like this it, it was never as bad as it is right now but you are right chris mack even before he came to uofl he had a history of somewhat collapsing as the season would go on you'd have xavier yeah ranked in the in the top 20 most of December and January and then March they they usually slide now in what was it 2018 both Xavier and Cincinnati were one seeds and then that would lead to him obviously getting the job at U of L yeah he would he would start to fold as the season would go on but first off it still wasn't as bad as what Kenny Payne has done the last two seasons True. and three right. at least he would have good Novembers and Decembers and U of L had Scoots, I know Rutherford will talk about it, but U of L didn't they never lose a home November basketball game like ever or since? That's like, true. They never did lose home uh, uh, basketball games in November uh, in, or whatever it was. You know, starting the season out. I'm um, actually, you think about it. I mean, there was a peak of the season, and then things would just you know fade fade in the uh, January February. I mean, it just some of the games you know that that uh, or, or it's interesting is like I guess I could remember with Chris Mack was that. I think it was like one in a couple of years he would get a win at either Duke and Carolina, really impressive. Would come home and then they, you know, then then it would go the other way. Yeah, it would, and that was just inconsistencies with Chris Mack that would have U of L fans pretty frustrated. But yeah, it, it again, U of L now have this season has lost twelve of their last fourteen games, David. And when I was right. coming up with that, you don't really even need to break it down. They've lost fifteen out of their last twenty-one. They're six in. 15 on the season. It's a terrible record any any way you splice it. Right. I'm shocked that they beat Miami. I still can't believe that game. That was still yeah. one that I can't yeah. wrap my and head even, around. Even the way Saturday went with that uh, Virginia game, I thought UofL is going to lose by 50 or more. But, I'm, I mean, they they fought when they were like 49-13 to 13 at, at, at halftime. I thought, oh, my gosh, it's going to be 100 and something. to, to No telling, but I'm glad it didn't turn out that way. But, Still, it's just I guess I I watch the U of L games with just 
who's trying, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to not give up and who's going to, I don't know, I guess that's how you have to look at the U of L games and then just go on and look at other ones, you know, in college basketball. And I just wonder if uh, also, I guess, is, you know, is, I'm trying to think, is it that Kenny Payne has the worst of the John Calipari way of playing ball, you think? You know, because like I said, you look at Kentucky, and, you know, at times they don't have their defense or when the shots don't go in or the defense doesn't work. And I just wonder about the two programs because it seems like there's some similarities in certain ways. You know, right now, you know, the I guess you could say, you know, Kentucky's offense works, but, you know, defensively things, you know, work at, you know, at certain ways. And then uh, and I, I guess that's the way I've tried to look at it, you know, just looking at where because Kenny Payne was from John Calipari's staff at one time. He was, but to yeah. you can't. It's tough to compare the two programs where one's a top ten team currently, and the other one's six and fifteen on the season. Where they're, I don't think they do really anything similar. And if Kentucky gets to a point that they're playing to a level of U of L, they're going to be in some big trouble. But I, I did think you made an interesting point regarding this U of L team. Clemson, they were down big last night. They come back. They only lose by six. The spread was sixteen, so it was an easy cover. In the transfer portal era, this is an audition for all of these players. And it's not, and I think U of L is going to win another game. I don't know who it'll be against, but what you'll see over the next month and a half and as they go into ACC play is other teams are going to quit and start waving the white flags and giving up on the year. And U of L will probably be able to get them because they've already gotten through all that. And now they're into a lot of these players are into lookout for number one mode, where after the year I may be able to go transfer, maybe I can go transfer somebody somewhere good and be on a competitor for my final few years or year or whoever the player is, or whoever L will bring in, I may want to stick around, and I want the coach to be able to want to, to have me, keep me, have me part of his game plan moving forward. So I think this that is probably the takeaway. This L team's not going to turn it around to a point to make any sort of postseason interesting but they're not just totally giving up and rolling over. Uh, they are showing a little bit of fight, and I think that just comes with the territory of this is an audition for these guys. This is an audition for right. What's I just hate next. when they have the bad, you know, moment. You know, like I said, bad parts of the games where they're just not making the ball's not going in, and everything just goes bad. The fouls are are bad when you get players in foul trouble, and then the injuries too to the 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 U of L team too. I mean, you wonder. You know, and the only thing when when I hear you know where somebody's not playing, you know who who's got the season-ending injury? Because like I said, JJ Trainer when he was coming on, and I thought you know he would have, you know his his year, you know with Huntley Hatfield, and then next thing you know, you uh, other injuries to the team as well, and you wonder who's going to be injured, who's going to be able to you know finish the season, depending on the injuries that they're getting too. Yeah, injuries have been a, a major issue for U of L this season. The Cron Davis situation, not injury related, but weird enough as is, uh, they they have not been at full strength. Which weirdly enough, a lot of UK media making a big deal tonight should be UK's first game of the season where all scholarship players are healthy and ready to go. And David, I appreciate the call and great hearing from sure. you. And be well, buddy. But U of L, you're right about the the cards. It's just been one injury after another. And Scoots, I don't know if you saw the drama with Hersey Miller or not. No, I didn't. Fill me in. So maybe maybe Mike can can text Master P and they can get this all figured out. But he's not with the team because he's seeking outside medical advice. 
Hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find the exact way that it was put by U of L. But U of L media was like, I, I've never, I've never heard of this. Well, let's take a break, and then you can do it during the break. How about that? You want to do that? Yeah, and we'll do that. It's time All right, we'll be back. We got a lot more to get to. We'll talk about the Cats and the Gators tonight. Get your text on the Thornton's text line. This is Spears on Sports. T.J. Walker filling in. John Spears for John Spears. Welcome back, Spears on Sports. DJ Walker, Justin Kalen here on your Wednesday. Cats take on Florida tonight, eight o'clock. Florida is right on the bubble by all the NCAA tournament experts. So if they could get a road win at Kentucky, that would comfortably, for the time being at least, have them in the tournament. We're still, we're not early into this season. We're over halfway in the college basketball season, but one huge win like that can can move you up a couple seed lines. So a team on the bubble, you get a win at a top 10 t- team in the country, You're you're going to at least for the time being, comfortably be in. So Florida's going to have a huge opportunity. Kentucky needs to be ready to match their energy tonight. Rupp Arena, UK back at home after an ugly road trip. They go one and one, but didn't look good in either game. Taking on South Carolina last week, who beat Tennessee on the road. So in a seven-day span, South Carolina beats then number six UK at home and then goes on the road, beats number five Tennessee in Knoxville. That is a huge game for SEC standings. And South Carolina has completely put themselves in the SEC championship conversation. So mentioned on Kentucky Roll Call this morning, one of Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina, who right now is, I think, in second in the SEC one of those teams will not get the double bye in the SEC tournament and have to play on Thursday in the SEC tournament, and it could be UK. You drop one of these next two home games, you're not going to be putting yourself in a great position. you got to take care of business at home in conference play, Scoots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And luckily tonight, it's a team that Kentucky's already defeated earlier this season. So that that's always gives you an advantage because you kind of know what to expect going into the game. And then you add into the aspect that you're at home as well. So I, I look for Kentucky to win this game tonight. But, it, it, yeah, that's all I got. It's not a big spread, though. Vegas. What is, is the spread? Vegas is expecting this one to come down to the wire. Kentucky, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in oh, this right. game. And if you remember that first game in Gainesville, Florida got out to a big lead in the first half. And it was one of those games that UK went to halftime – you didn't necessarily think Kentucky was going to win in the second half, but you thought, okay, they can't play that much. They can't play worse than that. So they're going to make a little bit of a run here, but will it be enough to win or not win? And after a really slow start, the final 10 minutes dominated by Aaron Bradshaw, easily his best game as a Kentucky Wildcat. He hit the go-ahead three. He had the block on the possession before, and then he hits that big three and really hasn't been totally – great since that Florida game. We'll see maybe if he can get back on track. But Florida's a team 
Much was made going into that game, Scoots, about Florida's rebounding. They're a good rebounding team, so Kentucky will need to be cautious of that. And then Florida, similar to Kentucky in the sense that they're going to have a bunch of different guys on the floor, at times four different guys on the floor, maybe even five, that can spread the floor, knock down outside shots. UK needs to stay disciplined on the perimeter or Florida will make them pay. The line is up to six points, as a matter of fact. The good news, though, with the, you mentioned the rebounding, the fact that correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Bradshaw the only healthy center at the time? W- weren't Hugo and Big Z obviously out for that game? No, Hugo played. Oh, did he? Okay. He, he played. He had that and one in the first half where he ran the floor, caught the ball, put it up, got fouled. It was a nice play. Justin Edwards had a pretty impressive dunk in that game as well. But Hugo was healthy. Did all right in the first half. Not amazing. And then in the second half, Bradshaw sort started to take over. He got the the majority of the minutes, but some player over for points. Antonio Reeves twenty one and a half. DJ Wagner thirteen and a half. It's really tough trying to predict the UK players whose night it's going to be on any given night, and that's why I normally just try to lean towards some of the the opposing team players. Mm-hmm. I watch enough basketball where I have an idea of what may work against this UK team. That being said, I I, I like DJ Wagner over thirteen and a half points tonight. It's plus 100, so you even get some positive juice. I just think it's going to be a D.J. Wagner game. I think he'll he'll be rocking and rolling with his layups. I think he'll get to the line a little bit more. Nine out of U.K.'s last 11 games, the opposing team has shot more free throws than U.K. Whew. We mentioned that, and, and really, it could be close to 10 out of 11. U.K. shot one more free throw than Penn. One than Pennsylvania. That's how far back this goes. They've shot, and the other game was Mississippi State, where UK did shoot a lot of free throws against the Bulldogs. But other than that, UK had the opponent has shot more free throws. Now, we got in a big debate about that yesterday with Roush on Kentucky roll call. Some of that style of play, UK likes to shoot a lot of threes, although they haven't been shooting as many lately. And UK is not a great team at being physical inside for for the most part. We want. Of course, Adute Arrow has been out. He's UK's most physical player. He's been back. This will be his second game back tonight, assuming no setbacks. But Scoots, Roush basically said, no, that's not surprising to me. Uh, that that That's how I would probably have guessed it. I was shocked to hear him say that. I'm not shocked to hear anything Roush says anymore. Oh. After, after work with you all for three years. A little bit of a wild card. <laughs> you just never know. People would say that about you. <laughs> uh, that's and they true. Would, and they would be right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, again, I if that number was like, hey, seven out of the last 11, that'd be a different story. Nine out of 11 and one being just a one a one free throw positive margin and a blowout win against Penn. I mean, does any of that come down to the fact that... wonder if that changes, if that flips back the other way these next two games. I just don't know that we've seen... Kentucky be as aggressive as they can be in terms of getting to the hoop, trying to draw fouls. When you watch that Louisville game last night, that's that's their offense. They want to try to draw as many fouls as possible and get to the line as much as they can, whereas Kentucky has the ability to do that, but I just don't feel like we see them drive towards the hoop as much as they can. What was that stat I pulled out on Kentucky roll call? That four L players have shot more free throws than UK's yeah. most players, something mm-hmm. like that. And part of that's also just officials are human and there's human error error that excuse me goes into this where it's like, all right, UofL's getting killed. Let's give them a whistle here. Yeah. Let's give them a whistle here. And they'll do that. But Scoots, UK only shot 13 threes against South Carolina. 
and they only shot, how many was it? 20, 20 is a little bit more normal against Arkansas. This has been a, a team that I, I think sometimes it's John Calipari's doing a little bit, but they haven't been, they're not always relying on the three. So they will get inside, and they will muddy it up if they have to. And they'll Trey Mitchell will go to the post frequently. I, I like him out outside when he's wide open. I feel good about him shooting that three any and every time. But I don't know. That, that's pretty crazy to me. Nine out of the last 11 games, the opponent has shot more free throws than UK. I bet you the next two, UK shoots more. I bet against Florida, and I bet against Tennessee, UK shoots more free throws because that's just college officiating. And they're at home. Yeah, and that's a that's college officiating. Yeah. And when it comes to playing games at home, it can make a big difference. Antonio Reeves has been pretty good for the Cats, Scoots. Yeah. Yeah, he has. What uh you said 21 and a half for him. I, he's got to cool down eventually, right? Yeah, I I I haven't I don't think I've bet Antonio Reeves player props at all this season. It's just such a big number. I normally do agree with you that like is the is the is the the bad game coming? Is this the start of maybe just a slight little slump? But he has been super consistent. He's been really, really good. I'll stay away from that. But speaking of him being consistent, speaking of him being really good, Scoots, we're guilty of this on Kentucky Roll Call in the mornings. He's normally, what, the fourth player that usually gets mentioned when talking about Kentucky? Yeah. And, least, and that's yeah. starting to change a little bit. More people are talking about him. But the freshmen usually steal the conversation. Ben Roberts from the Lexington Herald Leader had a great article that talked about is he maybe the most underrated scorer in UK basketball history? And he takes a quote from Kenny Walker, Kenny Walker talking about the team. He said, Antonio Reeves is the most underrated leading scorer in the history of Kentucky basketball. I've never seen a guy who's averaging almost 20 points per game. And when you start talking about this team, you mention maybe three or four guys before you even mention his name. We've said as much on roll call. He's averaging 19.5 points per game. He's having his best shooting season of his long college career. Over 50% from the field, which is three percentage points better than any other season he's had. 43% from deep, which is four percentage points better than any other season he's had. Over 87% from the three free throw line, which is six percentage points better than any other season that he's had. And nearly ten percentage points better than just last season. I think what it's it comes a huge jump, Scoots. It it come with Antonio. It it's these numbers are so shocking because it's he does it so quietly every game, right? I mean, there's there've been very few games this season where Antonio Reeves just popped off, and you realize that Antonio Reeves is popping off. Whereas and he never forces any majority of the games. You you feel like you go to the box score after the game, and you're like, "Wait, Antonio had 24? When when?" Or it'll be halftime. It'll be like Antonio leaves you leads UK with 13 points. You'll be like, "Well, I remember that one three, yeah. but like what? What do you?" And then yeah, then the, the game will be over, and be like a quiet 25 for Antonio Reeves, which. There's a little bit of Oscar Shibway rebounding with Antonio Reeves scoring, where you look mm -hmm. up and you're like, Oscar has 12 rebounds? Yep. That's crazy. Very similar. And then Antonio Reeves, he's got 20 points. Well, Kenny Walker made that point, and Ben Roberts, he goes through, and he's like, is he the, the most underrated scorer on a leading team? And he goes through the Calipari era, and he, he says, here's the leading scorer on each team. Who do you think the leading scorer was on that 2015 team that started the season 38-0? Oh. Um, was Shea on that team? 
No, he was on the 2017-2018 uh, team, so three I years later. I can't even think it was on that team. That was the Twins, Tyler Eulis, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, oh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Dakari Johnson. Had to be Devin Booker. It was not. What? This is pretty crazy. It was Aaron Harrison at 11 points per game. Whoa. Like, you knew that team was balanced, and you knew that the leading scorer wasn't going to be scoring a lot of points. But 11 points per game? That was the lowest leading scorer for a UK basketball team, Scoots, since when? When do you think the last time 11 points was the most for a UK basketball team's leading scorer? I'm going to go 1943. Man, that's a great guess. 47. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, 47. <laughs> that was great. Good job. I'm proud of you. Made, you make a big bet tonight. You're on fire. I am, yeah. And... Ben is like, so maybe Aaron Harrison, but Tony Reeves is averaging eight and a half more points than him. That's a different, that's a whole different level of conversation. Well, and you still have balanced scoring under Antonio Reeves as well, which that's one of those things that makes this team really good is you mentioned we do talk about the freshmen and the, rightfully so. They're the, they're kind of the new toy. They're the, they're the new thing in town. And to be honest with you, they're all really electric and fun to watch. Whereas Antonio's just smooth, and he he's not flashy like those freshmen. So yeah, he goes through the list of all the players in the Calipari era, and right now only one is averaging more points per or two, I guess two are aver- barely. Malik Monk is averaging point three points per game more. Jamal Murray a half a point game more. But Malik Monk, everybody in the nation was talking about him as that season went on. Jamal yeah. Murray the same way. People aren't talking about Antonio Reeves. So that goes to Ben Roberts' point, and it's it's a good one. He is the most underrated scorer in the Calipari era, and Ben takes it a step further, and he says, well, let's just think in U.K. basketball history. And one name he mentions is Joe Crawford. Joe Crawford in 2008, he averaged 18 points per game. But Ben goes on to say, and he's right about this, that everybody knew Crawford was U.K.'s best scorer. The SEC knew that he was U.K.'s best scorer. And that U.K. team was an 11 seed, and they kind of stunk. They weren't very good. This U.K. team has a chance still to maybe be a one seed. We'll need to get hot if that's going to happen, but it's possible. Well, and it's it goes back to what I talked about. Everybody under Antonio, even if teams across the country that Kentucky's playing knows that Antonio Reeves is the leading scorer, and you get to game time, what are you going to do, double him? Okay, you good can't. luck. Yeah, you good can't. luck. Yeah, you can't. No, you're right about that. Uh, and this is one of the rare times that I wish maybe Roush was here where it's like you could bounce some U.K. history off of him. You're a Hoosier. It's all right. We'll forgive you for it. But he does bring up somebody from one of my favorite U.K. basketball teams all time. And he says the leading scorer in 2004 and 2005, he was not your first thought when you thought of that team. He was not thought to be the star. But he was the leading scorer. You know, you... 2005 UK basketball scoots. Uh, is that was that Patrick Sparks? Patrick Sparks was on that team. That would that be he's my not, guess. He's not the player. Patrick Sparks. He was thought of as like the best scorer on that team, and the best player was thought to be Chuck Hayes, which everybody lo- every UK fan loves Chuck Hayes. And then you had two star freshmen and Randolph Morris and Rajon Rondo who got a lot of attention. And Rajon was he, he did some nice things on that team, but the leading scorer on that team was Kalina Azabuki. Mm. And I think Ben, you know, he, I think Antonio Reeves is in a conversation like Kalina Azabuki. UK fans loved Kalina Azabuki. SEC fans knew that you had to keep an eye out on Azabuki, similar to Antonio Reeves. 
but he just went about his business. He scored a bunch, and you didn't always notice it. You talk about Chuck Hayes' double-double, or you talk about Rajon Rondo's potential, or how Randolph Morris was good in the post. He also had Wukash Orbzud and Shigari Aline, two seven-footers on that team. But Kalina averaged 14 and .7 points per game, so we'll just say 15. He averaged 15 points per game. Scoots, that's still four and a half points less than than what Antonio Reeves is doing. Yeah. So pretty, he really is wild. historically should be remembered for the season that he's having up to this point. And maybe we, I'm talking to myself here, should be paying a little bit more attention to it. Let's get to the Thornton's text line. One texter says, you've all beat Miami. Oh, here we go. We got a couple actually. You've all beat Miami because Mike James had a once-in-a-lifetime game. <laughs> True. They were on fire that game. They were. It's still weird. Basketball's a weird sport. They go on to say Uval doesn't play defense. They don't really do much of anything. Chris Mack in nine seasons, Xavier lost 13 games or more in five seasons. Wow. Whoa, that is not very good. <laughs> no. I will say, and I remember hearing the Chris Mack stuff. Chris Mack, even back to Tom Jurich, they had had an agreement that, like, hey, when Bettino is done, you're you're next in line. And that had been in place supposedly for years, even before he had taken that job. But when 2018 rolled around and it was time for U of L to go higher, and it was just like a, a no-brainer, it was going to be Chris Mack. I never thought that that was a slam dunk. I thought U of L should cast a bit of a wider net, but you got to put yourself back in time, and it's tough to do that. He had taken Xavier to the highest levels that they had been in for a really long time. And he wanted the job. He was he was excited to take it. But just be just like the obvious choice isn't always the best choice. Mm-hmm. I think they maybe learned that the absolute hardest of ways. Twice in, twice in a row. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, two straight times. Uh, a texter says on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, what's the difference between plus 100 and minus 100 odds? Maybe a dumb question. No dumb questions. Just dumb producers. Um so think of it this way. The the plus is if you bet $100, that's what you would win. The minus is how much you'd have to bet to win $100. Try to I know that's confusing, but once you get it, I promise it'll stick with you. So if something is plus 115, if you bet $100, which you you know, it's a ton of money. You shouldn't be throwing around $100 bets <laughs> and unless you're Nick Roush at, at Churchill Downs. But it's just for the math, it's easier that way. You can do it with $10. You can do it with a dollar. You can break down the increments any way you want. But if it's 115 plus 115 if you bet $100, you'd win $115. If it's minus $115, you'd have to bet $115 to win $100. So when you, got a, when you have a plus, it means it's an underdog. When you have a minus, it means it's the favorite. So if you bet a hundred on the minus one fifteen and you win, you're get you'll get one eighty five, right? Isn't no, that the math? no, you'd win a hundred dollars. Now I'm confused. You, you just you just ruined all this. <laughs> if it's minus one fifteen, you'd have to bet a hundred and fifteen dollars. Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. You're saying if you had bet a hundred dollars, yeah, then you get yeah, eight. Okay. You win hundred eighty five. Yeah, but let's just keep it with the easy numbers, Scooch. <laughs> let's not go confusing me on this hump day. Spears on sports. Been doing radio now for coming up three hours. Been doing radio here for 10 years. Woo! Go me! Nice. 
Happy anniversary. I figured you'd have some balloons or something for me in here. I debated going to Party City and getting some stuff, but Maybe I Maybe like a funny party hat. Decided against it. I bet that debate was pretty quick. <laughs> it was. It was a thought as quick as a fart. In and out. We got one more segment. We'll be in and out. Let's take a break. Come back. Finish up Wednesday edition Spears on Sports. This is TJ Walker and Justin Kalen, and we're back after this. Welcome back. One final segment. Spears on Sports. Is John Spears going to be back tomorrow? Uh, no, he's out the rest of the week. We've wow. got Tony Burke in tomorrow. That's big. Yep. That's exciting. Tony Burke will do a great job noon to one here on Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. And remember, Spears' show does go on podcast. Just search for Big X Sports Radio podcast, and you'll see Spears' show wherever you get your podcast. It's a fun hour of radio every day if you don't listen. And maybe you do listen every day, but today you're like, ah, not this guy. <laughs> I'm out. That's okay, too. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I got excited we had a text, but it's I think it's for you and Mike about the Kansas City murders. Mm. Crazy stuff there. Yeah, I haven't really gotten into it. We haven't talked about it on Roll Call. Sad. It's sad. Yeah. Nothing more than anything. It is a, a wild story. Just my initial, if you want to look up all the details of it, you can. I, I think that they had probably done some drugs that had gone bad or weren't what they were expecting, and it killed some of them. And uh, that would be my guess. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's not a, not a good situation. If you're not familiar, just search for Kansas City. I guess you can't call it murders because they were saying that they were not murdered. Yeah. Did you see the video of like the guy being handcuffed and then being let go on his own front porch? The guy whose house it was? Yeah. No. Like when the cops came and he was asleep for like two days, supposedly. He didn't hear calls, texts, people banging on doors. But when the police came, he did answer the door. (laughs) And they had cuffed him, but then they took the cuffs off. Like a neighbor across the streets filming it. So you get to kind of see the whole thing. So people are wondering, well, how does that happen? You you never, you, you very rarely have that happen where cops arrive to a place, put people in handcuffs, and then don't take him out in handcuffs. So, we'll see. Super Bowl, what, 10 days away now? Yeah, we're coming up on it. You excited for the Pro Bowl this weekend? Uh, no, I'm not a not a Pro Bowl guy. I, I do enjoy, however, the like skills competitions, like the quarterbacks throwing through the tires and stuff like that. I do enjoy that. Yeah, I, I think that stuff's fun. I think they've done a good job just trying to make it a little bit more interesting. All that to say, there's a pretty good chance I won't watch any of it. Well, and it's flag. They're doing flag football again, right, for and the I, Pro Bowl? And, and I like flag football. Yeah. People forget I'm a sort of a legend around these parts <laughs> when it comes to flag football. But, yeah, we'll see. Again, if I'm, like, sitting around and it's on TV, I may put it on, but I, I definitely will not be going out of my way to to put that on. And this time next week – oh, the Hersey Miller thing we didn't talk about oh, a little yeah, bit earlier was just that – he is outsourcing his health issue to to folks outside of the University of Louisville. I mean, what, what kind of health issue? consultations outside of town. Don't know. And Tyler Johnson was out last night as well. So you'll have to, you'll have to, ta- you'll have to talk to Mike, see if he's got the scoop on old Hersey Miller. Mm, I will. 
It's a good night of college basketball. I think everybody's got their attention towards the Saturday because it's one of just the most electric Saturdays you're going to get at college basketball. Six straight hours starting with Kansas-Houston, Duke-UNC, and then Kentucky and Tennessee, which is going to be pretty awesome. Alabama and SEC play goes on the road to Georgia. That'll be a difficult game for them. Kentucky, Florida, I think is going to be a little challenging. UConn hosts Providence. They won't have any issues there. And Purdue hosts Northwestern. Northwestern, sneaky good in the Big Ten this year. Uh, don't think they'll have any issues there. By the way, two system bets tonight. You got uh, Alabama and Georgia. Georgia is at home getting six and a half. Yeah, so I, I love Georgia getting six and a half. The, the system says take Georgia and then UCF getting three and a half at home against Baylor. So. I lost a little bit of money on Georgia this year, mostly in November, early in the season. But they're, they're a solid basketball team mm-hmm. and they're starting to play a little bit better. So I, I love that Georgia bet, the system bet there. So, okay, you'll, you'll have that to, to look forward to. Scooch, what's on your mind? Did you didn't make a pretty important correction on this morning's Kentucky roll call that maybe you take the time now to clear up? Uh, refresh me. You made a very bold and definitive claim about the habits of our animal friends in the animal kingdom. That oh was, yeah, that was that was wrong. I think you singled yeah. out dolphins, and I did. You need to add some other animals to to the list. Yeah, monkeys, lions, sea otters. That's it are animals that ah, you can look it up <laughs> like humans they get a little frisky right <laughs> exactly scoot earlier today said it was just dolphins that's what like, i've always heard like i don't think that's right humans and dolphins and then we got into talking about former iu greats and all that sort of stuff <laughs> so we, we got off the rails this morning on on kentucky roll call there's no doubt about that but yeah i was hoping you'd come back from that break and uh, in Kentucky roll call this morning and and bring that up. A UK football piece of news that I had written down for roll call tomorrow, but massive buyout and Eric Wolford's new contract with Kentucky. What is it? Well, it's just first off, it's funny that they're like, hey, this year, buddy, you're you're if you if you leave, we're gonna we're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay us. Uh, they're gonna owe UK half a million dollars, which is a lot for an assistant. Yeah. Which is which is nice insurance policy for UK that if Wolford and he is if Alabama wanted him and Nick Saban the greatest coach of all time wanted him at one point scoots another program decent chance they may want him and maybe he'll say yes to it hopefully he'll handle the situation better but Kentucky's going to pay him three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in twenty twenty four and eight hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty five I feel pretty solid about Eric Wolford being at u k for at least two seasons one would think i'm I messed up my job profession well i don't I don't know why I didn't go into coaching coaching studies like what what are we doing? I mean the athletes get paid millions and millions of dollars, which I understand they're the ones putting the product out on the field, but geez o p to be a coordinator, you can get eight hundred thousand dollars a year. What am I doing? Dang it. It's not too late. It's too late. I could see you coaching offensive lines. It's the, too late. At the at the college <laughs> level. Five foot five, five, five scoots t- t- coaching offensive linemen. Scoots, do we get Big Z today? Uh no. We don't see him? Uh, we'll see him, but I, we don't get we don't get flash in the pan Big Z like we got that first game. I do think well, we'll probably probably sadly never get that. That was electric when it was happening. I I'm 
he's got to get more than three minutes. He will. You have yeah. to get him more than three minutes. And I actually think Florida's a better matchup. They've got some tall, lanky, white dudes themselves that aren't the most athletic or the fastest guys in the world. And they they he can guard those guys. He can stand out on the floor with them. Let's see if they can hang out on the floor with him, open things up. I really do think he can provide some some really nice things for this team. He's got to get more than three minutes. He'll I, get he'll get almost four times that tonight. He'll play eleven. Whoa! Yeah, you heard it here first. It, 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 Cal's got some some stuff to figure out at the five position, and you can sense that he's starting. Like he he wants to just kind of be all in on Uganda and just go there. But I don't know one if his offensive limitations are going to let you, and two. Bradshaw and Big Z are really talented. So if Hugo's having a bad game, you can't just stick with them because you don't have any other choice. Here's the thing about that, though. You you expect a bad offensive game out of Hugo, but he provides something defensively that the other two really haven't shown the propensity to do quite yet. Whereas both Big Z and Bradshaw can provide offensive moments, but neither of them have really done that as of late. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. This is... It's going to be like, and you can't, it can't just be a merry-go-round of bigs. You can't just say like, all right, we're going to give you 12 tonight. You are going to get 15. We'll, you know, we'll split it all up where people are going to get their opportunities. At some point, you're going to just have to lock in and make a decision. And I'm worried that he's already started to do that. And Big Z's not the decision. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be it, but I do think he needs more time. I don't know. He had the, uh, what was the game after the Big Z explosion game? It was South Carolina. Was that the game he went off, or that was the next no, game? No, he, okay. he had a big game against Georgia. So it was funny in that game, in the South Carolina game, because Cal actually, so he started Bradshaw like normal. He trotted Hugo over to the scorer's table to check in, and before it was time for Hugo to check in, he called him back to the bench and sent Big Z over to the scorer's table. So Ooh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So that it, it's going to be interesting to watch moving forward. Heck, I'm at the point, TJ. Just play them all. Play all three of them. Forget it. Same time. Let's see what happens. Who's scoring on that? Oh, at the same time, I, li- I like where your head's at there. Um, <laughs> Just have the ta- tallest again, team in, in basketball. In the exhibition games, you could have had some fun with it. And, but Big Z, thanks to the NCAA, cheated <laughs> from the exhibition games. Running out of time on this edition of Spears on Sports. TJ Walker filling in for John Spears. Does that mean Bellerman plays tonight or are they tomorrow? Uh, they left at 10 o'clock this morning, so I'd assume they play tonight, yeah. Oh, really? You wouldn't think that that means maybe they play tomorrow? They don't play tonight. Scoot's wrong again, everybody. I'm trying to think where Kennesaw they were. Kennesaw State. Kennesaw State, yeah, that's right. So they wouldn't play. It. That's Georgia, yeah. They're not playing today. Duh. They play tomorrow on a, oh, tomorrow's Thursday. I'm thinking tomorrow's Friday already. No, the UK playing on a Wednesday has got you all turned around. No kidding. Oh, it happens to me too, by the way. All right, I've got Kentucky winning a close one tonight, 91-87. to Bets that I like, DJ Wagner over 13.5 points. I like Florida over 82 team points. I think this one's going to be high scoring. Remember the last time Kentucky played Florida down in Gainesville, 87-85 to game. I think UK scores a little bit more than that at home, and I think Florida scores a little bit more than that just with the style of play and the tempo. But I think it's going to be closer than people think. I'm staying away from the line, but I would take Florida if if uh, if forced. And I think Scoots is in a similar boat to me. He's taking Florida to cover, but Kentucky to get the win. Any other sure thing, Scoots? I just think it's going to be lower scoring than people 
people think. So maybe so. Watch out for that. Watch out for the under, and you can hear Scoots with Mike Rutherford at three o'clock today. Thanks to John Spears for having allowing me to fill in. Happy to do it anytime he needs it. He'll be back another time, but Tony Burke tomorrow. This is Spears on Sports. Yeah.